April 15th, 2024, as established in this episode, is going to be the day when this timeline, when something big happens that sets us on the path that we're heading to for the, for the world of the Confederation. That date sticks out to me because April 15th, as a nerd, is the day the Titanic sank. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> I don't think it's any, I, I highly doubt there's any relation, but in fact, I don't think there's any relation. I just know that date. Um, Probably the only significant <clears throat> thing about April 15th, unless it's... Tax day, I think. Isn't that also tax day? Or used to be tax day? I don't know how tax day works. <laughs> I don't know how tax day works anymore. I thought it was somewhere in April, but yeah. I don't know. It. I think it was always April 15th. But that's the date that we got, April 15th. So, and it's April 12th because Girardi has some weird shit going on where she's seeing the number 15. Mm-hmm, because so. she's picked up little bits from the Borg Queen. Yes. But they're sort of in her subconscious. Yeah, this is... So vi- I feel like that angle, actually. This, is, this reminds me a lot of the episode Cause and Effect... And they were clued in on how to actually break the time loop with a number as well. Um, so, yeah, Data figured they were that out. Up in this way, right? Sort of. Yeah. Subconsciously, and they had to just notice. Yeah, yeah. And they were trying to figure out like how to break the time time loop that they were in, and they and Data had figured out how to do that by seeing a specific number, and that was his clue. Because they were basically trying to send a message to themselves next time, mm. for the next yeah for the next iteration. So uh, I thought that was interesting—a nice little bit of sci-fi there, and a bit of a almost continuity nod in some way. Hmm. Do you think that this—the fact that Girardi is able to um, have this subconscious information from the Borg Queen—means that she, in the future, we may see her start to act according to the board queen's wishes i don't know Maybe i mean get their crew i don't know that's that's interesting I, I i don't know about that i think um because i'm fearful that when they fix all of this what i'm fearful of is going to be it will if they fix all of this which i assume they will that they're going to reset everything and maybe they won't even have any memory of it Which I hope mm. they don't do that, but um, I could see one of the obstacles they have to overcome is that she she starts to turn. Yeah, way. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I I can see her being an obstacle in the end of all of this. Um, but wasn't she an obstacle last season too? That's right, she was. Poor Gerard. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe maybe the Borg Queen becomes the obstacle, and it's Gerardi that stops her. Hmm. So she gets to be the hero this time, right? She gets to be the hero. Yeah, because I really like those scenes with her and the queen. It's They're really a lot of fun. And it's, it's interesting to see the Borg Queen kind of like, I said this last week and a few weeks prior, kind of out of her element in such a way. Um, she, she's, she makes sort of like veiled threats but doesn't really, isn't really able to kind of follow through on them. And Girardi at times also has the upper hand on her. So I like that. I, I mean, I definitely think, yeah, there's something going on with Girardi. And I think one of them is going to be an obstacle. I, th- I think the Borg Queen's going to be an obstacle. I don't think it's going to be Girardi. I don't think it's going to be Girardi. I think Girardi's going to be the one to put a, that puts a stop to it. Okay. 
I do think it's very interesting now that the Borg Queen, they obviously know everything about human nature and human behavior. They've assimilated humans. Yep. And she's had the ability to just, you know, stab someone with the nano probes, whatever they are, to create the assimilation tubules. Yeah. So now it's as if she's drawing on her understanding of human nature. Say, all right, I'm going to manipulate this person. I'm going to use everything I know about human nature to try to manipulate her into doing what I want. Right. It's been unsuccessful, but you can see it. It's starting to have a little bit of an effect. Yeah, 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 for sure. I th it's um. So I'm just going to look really quick and see if anything. Uh. No. Okay. I just I went to what I did was I went to Memory Alpha and just typed in 15 to see if I could pull anything, but like there's nothing that specific. So this 15 thing is brand new, so. Yes. But we are of course talking about episode five, Watcher. Episode four, Watcher. Oh, that's right, I'm sorry, episode four. Episode five is this week. This episode week five. is the halfway mark, yeah. Yeah, I jumped ahead. We end the uh, Leah Thompson duology of yes. Star Trek. And who more fitting to be directing some time travel episodes? Yeah. Yeah. It's funnish. Um, we've got a whole bunch of writers, two on the teleplay, Juliana James and Jane Maggs, story by Travis Fickett and Juliana James. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Fickett and James wrote on MacGyver, the new one. Okay. I... Uh, doesn't add anything. Never watched it? No. Never even watched the original MacGyver. Oh, wow. <laughs> but well, yeah, they delivered a competent episode, so God, good, Godspeed to uh, Juliana, Jame, Travis, and Juliana Wood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so I, I really like this one. I think that... Um, but if I had to sort of give a quick hot take, I think that... It's definitely moving the story along, um, but I kind of feel like this one might have been the weakest so far, which isn't to say it's a bad one. I I kind of feel like I want to, you know, let's get going. Let's, let's start seeing more of this develop. Let's sort of move into the next phase of the story, right? So, but as you correctly stated, it's only episode four. We've got six more to go. Um, it's just my natural ability of worrying about stuff like this. Yeah, and I agree, and I think that it goes back to the thing that I always say, is that I just think it didn't do a whole lot with what was there anyway. So there yeah. wasn't, I didn't see much of a... You would think that it would be something important or meaningful would happen when you have young Guinan and Picard, but right. I didn't get that sense. It was more just... He was chatting with her for a while and then finally she brought him where he needed to go yeah like it was almost as if i mean i don't know if this younger guinan is going to factor in later on i i assume she will maybe at some point but i think there was a lot of i don't want to say waste of time but just a lot of a lot of time spent in that to get us to just the watcher right mm -hmm. What I found interesting about it, though, was that the way Picard was trying to sort of indirectly convince her of what was going on, 
I mean, it sort of reminded me of Guinan doing the same thing to Picard in yesterday's Enterprise, only she was being far more direct about it. And he was saying, no, no, no. And she's like, you know, there's supposed to be children on this ship. And he's like, what? Children on the Enterprise? And other things. He was being very, like, coy about it. And I'm just sitting there going, like, just tell her. I know she's got that shotgun, but just fucking tell her. Just say it. Right. Yeah. And you would think, since she, under, she can sense, you know, tachyon, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, she, she's... It, it wouldn't come as a surprise to tell her that you're someone from the future, whereas for most people, that would be very surprising. Yeah, I mean... So, it's not unlike previous things where Guinan does sense a change in the timeline, but she's never had a reaction like this, which is called F. Kelt, if I'm saying this correctly, where she's suffering from a basically time sickness. So, you know, we see her vomit behind the bar. That we've never seen that before. So, I guess it must be. around time disruptions a lot, right? Yeah, I would imagine maybe that's just a factor of like the degree of change. Maybe if it's if it changes so much that that's that causes it to happen. Um, I mean, I I think some fans were quick to point out like, what is that? We've never seen that before, and and I'm like, so what? Who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to stick with yeah. the rule. We don't have to. We don't have to stick with the same rules on everything. We can we can add more to it. So. Yeah, I. I- I'll give that one to to the fans a little bit, only because we've seen her in the same situations and it hasn't happened. Yeah. So why not just make it fit well, if you can? And you can. I don't know so how much. I don't mind that people are freaking out about is that how could she not recognize him? She yeah. See, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's that's where I was going. So there was a lot of controversy online over the weekend about that and confusion. Um, and and to the show, and I but I will say I don't think the show doesn't didn't really do a great job of explaining that discrepancy. Um, it got to the point where, like, one of the producers of, like, the 50,000 producers on these shows had to explain what, what it was, and it made sense. So, you know, the, the controversy being that a fair amount of the audience was confused over why didn't she know who Picard was because they met back in 1893 in Time's Arrow. And, you know, the, well, the reason behind that is because you have to remember that he traveled back from the time of the Confederation, where the next generation events never took place, which means that he, since because they never happened, he never traveled back in time to meet her in the first place. So all of the ramifications, all of the events that took place on next generation, time travel included, never happened. And then when you explain that to them, when I explained it to some of them on Twitter, they weren't happy about that. And I'm like, but that's how time travel, that's how that would work though. Like, yes, if that was one of the 90s Trek shows, they wouldn't have taken it, they wouldn't have taken the time travel a step further like that. It would have all been on the same timeline. Because mm-hmm. that person, Guinan would have been the key to solving the whole thing. Because you have to get it over with. In, in Correct. Five. Right. Yeah. But this is a season-long story, so they were able to take the time travel, you know, an extra step. Yeah. So I like that. You always can kind of fudge it or make it do what you want, so you just have to kind of roll with it. Yeah. And the only problem is if it totally violates its own right established time travel. 
But what that means, I think, is that we're not, and even though it's months before, I, I guess that means we're not in, unless we are, I don't know. Um, but I don't think we're in the same uh, timeline as when Cisco and Bashir and Dax travel back to it in past tense. Mm. And, but that the thing is, because now we know when in 2024 this is taking place, those two stories are not paralleling each other. So there's no chance of us seeing Cisco or Bashir somewhere in the background, like on a TV or something, because those events yeah. take place on September 1st, 2024. So we're still about five months away from all of that. And we're not even in the same timeline anyway. So, yeah. yeah. So okay, let me get this straight. So we're in the past of a different timeline. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We're in the past because where they traveled back from in the time of the confederation what that means is the events of the next generation deep space nine voyager i guess maybe enterprise by extension i don't know um and i mean pretty, pretty much pretty much all the shows never took place because there's no starfleet and federation during the confederation's time right yeah so it's like, well, I, there might be a Starfleet. I, I don't know if they called it that. I mean, the ships look the same. But we're in sort of an alternate reality of that. So they went to the past of that timeline. Okay. So yeah. they're not necessarily actually fixing their own timeline. They're fixing... Like I know. the past. This, this is, is more of a puzzle, like a cute puzzle. This than is, it is fixing their own future. This is where it gets confusing because when I mentioned that, how the events of Time Zero didn't happen because the events of Next Generation didn't happen. A couple times I got the follow-up question was, yeah, but I thought we were at the point of divergence right now. And I said, we are. We're at the point of divergence when it becomes the Confederation. So if it goes to the Confederation, that means that Next Generation didn't take place. And so Picard of the Next Generation did not travel back to 1893. How does the present know what the future is? How does the present know what the future is? Yeah. Because whatever this event is that's going to be happening on 2015 mm -hmm. is going to set them... 20... April 15 is the crossroads. That's the point of divergence. So whatever that event is, it's going to go to... If I guess if the event is is avoided we're going to head to the federation time if it's not fixed we're going to go to the confederation time but anything anything that may have happened on the next generation any of the events never took place and that also includes any time traveling they did because they were not around to go back and do the time travel but the change didn't happen yet not yet and for all the future knows, which the future obviously doesn't know anything, but the right. change may never happen. Right. You're saying that if it didn't, right. So, but I think that's where, that's where the, yeah. What, I this is, what, this is why time travel is such a complicated concept. I, it's like, it's yeah. such a hard thing to discuss. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say to myself. They're an alternate yeah. universe. It's a headache. Past is different. Future is different. Yeah. That works. I can do a Janeway impression for you because she has a really great line on this. Okay, go for it. Uh, I'll have to, I'll have to uh, um, 
paraphrase it a little bit, but it's when she says this when she's in the when she time travels in future in uh, future tense. She says, um, uh, "Future is the past. The past is the future. It all gives me a headache." <laughs> That's good. It reminds me also of in Doctor Who when Doctor Who says talking about time, and he says it's uh, timey wimey wibbly wobbly yeah. stuff. I think her. I think her quote is something like. Since my first day as captain, I promised myself I'd never get caught in one of these godforsaken paradoxes. Future is the past, past is the future. Hello, gives me a headache. I love it. Yeah. No, it's but I know what you mean. Brush it off and be like, yeah, we know it's confusing. We get it. It's a very trying to lay out, you know, bit by bit. Yeah, and to be yeah. fair, I mean, it's like I said, the show, this particular episode doesn't, because Guinan asks Picard about that, and the show doesn't do a particularly good job of explaining explaining that fact explaining that difference so that that's why i think there was some confusion makes sense yeah so but i would assume to an- this is just a guess to answer your question i think we're on the path to the confederation already and that has to be stopped so that's maybe that's why it hasn't it also hasn't happened yet in the past because maybe. the direction we're heading is toward that so assuming everything gets restored like i can see there being a moment when everything gets restored and if young guinan is there with picard at the moment everything gets restored it's like she's suddenly going to remember now who he is because they would have restored the the timeline Mm. there's going to be like that facial expression recognition like oh jean-luc yeah you think she'll turn into whoopi goldberg also i I don't know that'd be funny that's come up, but I, I don't care. You know, it's interesting. They're making some very interesting choices in this show as far as when it comes to recasting and then even de-aging. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, maybe the de-aging effect is a very, is a high budgetary thing, but, I mean, they did it with Q. For a moment. I know, and that's the thing. With Q, it was, it was quick. Five seconds. Yeah, and Guinan, of course, had more... Um, this would have been, I think, very even in in so Star Wars did yeah. it recently with somebody, and it oh, wasn't even that like it was impressive. It was cool. It wasn't all that much time though. Yeah, um, but I got to assume, yeah, it's pretty expensive and to make it look good, and yeah. just the amount of scenes that they had together. I mean, I actually thought I was a little surprised because I I thought they were going to do it with data in the first season mm. but they didn't um, and somebody used somebody did some deep fakes to make Data look more like his next generation appearance and it was pretty scary and I thought to myself that would have been much better you, yeah and you know I've seen an active thread on the Trek BBS about that like can't we just use deep fakes and I thought I, I don't know I feel like I'd be selective about that like deep fakes are not perfect Right, but, but although from seeing what they did on the Mandalorian or the Boba Fett, I don't know what it was called. Um, you're getting them, you're getting them mixed up now. But it was, yeah. it was. I've, they've gotten to the point that it's pretty believable for delivering lines and having scenes with actors, and all that. Well, what happened with um, and we'll get back on track in a second because when the Mandalorian ended in season two, we saw Luke. So what happened with that beyond? Well, I don't want to say for anyone that hasn't seen it. Okay. You can tell me after the show. 
Well, put this well, well, actually, don't tell me. But did it? Okay, don't tell me what happened. But did it look good? Well, I'm not even. Um, or is that is that even that too that's much? The character that we see. I see. Okay. Keeping it real close to the vest. I see. I can tell. <laughs> For I can tell. Um, but I will say that the character that they did do, it looked very good. It looked better than the uh, the character we saw at the end of season yep. one, two, whatever it was. Right. They they have taken leaps and bounds in the ability to do, to do it. Okay. Um, yeah, and for Q, you know, obviously it made sense, and and that was sort of to address the whole, which I really didn't think they had to, to be honest with you, why John Delancey looks so old or why he's aged. And I'm like, well, because he's aged. Q is not real, people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, the show was being very cutesy about that and very on the nose, which I thought, okay, that's fine, that's funny, but um. I personally didn't think it was fully necessary. Right. And it's, yeah. it's interesting, though, to do it, to be so, I don't know, like you said, cutesy and on the nose and careful, and then just cast a new actress and not address it at all. Yeah. That's what's jarring, is that yeah. they spent so much time explaining it away and then just didn't. Yeah. I don't mind. It's just I don't mind. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I like the scenes with Picard and Guinan this week. I, um, but... You were saying something before the show began um, with regard to the Rios plot. Yeah, do you want to do you want to talk about that? Is that? I do feel like the scenes didn't add up to anything. Yeah, that's my big takeaway. Really, it didn't add up to anything. No, there was no. I could have been something, but instead, yeah, it just moved the plot very. Well, I think it's because his ever scenes, so slightly. I think it's because right now his 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 plot this season so far like in the past is he's not he's not helping with the advancement of the plot really. Um I don't know what's going to happen with him. He's just he's unfortunately just a victim of being in the wrong place at the wrong time at the moment. But so we're not really I don't feel like I haven't learned anything from that plot line and Seven and Raffi are obviously spending time trying to get him, but um, yeah, we're not we're not learning anything from that um, no. from that side of the show just yet. No, and we got to see bitter Guinan almost giving up on humanity, I guess, but I don't know. That didn't really land either. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, only until she had much to do. The only sort of um, hint we got from Seven and Raffi is when they were on top of the skyscraper last week scanning for him and they found or it was two weeks ago i think and that other thing blipped on the screen for a moment and then it went back to that combat so we never really got what that was but that's the only sort of inkling that we have that they're doing something substantial right now they're just very preoccupied with trying to go get rios um who is right now being transferred to a sanctuary district as i thought um on the border close to the border so it sounds to me like the show is trying to establish that maybe there are some sanctuary districts for people who are going to be deported or for illegal aliens. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I found that um, this this sort of side plot wore a little thin for me at yeah. this point. And, you know, I love seeing contemporary issues in my Star Trek. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to get on with it at that point. We 
sort of got the message. Yeah, I mean, what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping, immigration policies. Two weeks in a row, by the way. Three weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's an issue worth uh, putting on a show, certainly. Yes. It. uh, I think though they made their point. Now we can kind of. Yes. Yeah. I, I. I think what I'm what I'm what I'm definitely hoping for in the upcoming episode, which is correctly episode five, is I do hope that they that that we sort of get on with it after this one. Like if they're gonna rescue him in this episode, great. Okay, let's now get away from it and get back on track here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think the show's been doing very, has been very effective at that. It's not really letting these storylines. Oh, say they're welcome and until this one I feel we should, we're, we're dealing with everything in the episode yeah this is the one we that find I find the watcher alright again we find the watcher next episode we're going to see what goes on with the watcher this is the one I think that is definitely yes overstaying it's welcome just a little bit I just I yeah I feel like alright I can do one more episode of this but then I'm ready to to move on yeah even like maybe not even a whole episode if you can resolve this in the first 15 minutes of next week, great. Now let's get on with it. Yeah. Totally. Right. No spending a whole season building the first contact. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and this one, like past like past episodes of the season, extremely loaded with Easter eggs. I mean, the one that I was hoping, but was, ended up being disappointed by, was hoping that you were going to be very enthusiastic about was the uh, the punk on bus. <laughs> The punk on the bus that uh yeah i think tell share your feelings about it before i share mine because i thought it was funny um i mean i like that it was even the same actor i like that the song he was listening to was called i still hate you so yeah but it but it also kind of put me in mind of um what it also reminded me of is uh at the end of star trek into darkness the blatant like copy of the wrath of khan between kirk and spock and just like or, or like even whenever like these new movies do like the if it's like a new franchise legacy sequel and they do those callbacks to its source to some of the source material and they sort of redo a scene it always comes off as being done far more cheaply than the original one is and it almost seems like a parody of it in some way we're like yes i know what you're doing I get it. This is funny, yeah. but the whole point of the original scene, because of course this comes from Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, is the kind of fish out of water, Kirk and Spock don't know where they are, don't know, understand this world, and that was a very much in-your-face like juxtaposition of the world they come from. I don't feel like I don't get the fish out of water vibe too much from this from this season so far. They seem to be pretty comfortable in the world that they're in, and not really like confused on how to on how to do things. Yeah, I even like what it's like to see them struggle more with the car. Yeah, because I was thinking to myself when Picard finally says who he is to Guinan after talking to her for like twenty five minutes, and she says, "Get in." I wanted there to be a moment where he didn't where he didn't know how to open the car door, mm. or something, right? Yeah, like, car open. Right. Yes. Like hello computer. Like. Now, if someone had picked up a mouse and talked to it, maybe I, that I could have gone with. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I, I wish that they would kind of embrace a little bit of the fish out of water aspect of it because that was, and I know the season's not meant to be a comedy, but that's where the humor from the voyage home came. It's just them being in this, it's a, even though it's earth, it's more alien than anything they've ever seen. And right. they, like Kirk couldn't even cross the street without almost getting hit by a car. So right, I want them to walk lights and things. I don't have to deal with that. Right. I mean, and they so didn't, they, my issue yeah. here was that, I would have rather seen new jokes in the vein of A Voyage Home than a rehash of one of the most famous scenes. Yeah, I would have rather come up with, okay, so now we're in this era. What would be the things that would right. confuse them now? Right. Um, I think that would have been more fun rather than like, just a reference. They got on the bus just fine, whereas Kirk and Spock, you know, Spock says, what does it mean? Exact change, right? Right, they're further in the future. Right. And yet, they Kirk, can navigate public Kirk, transportation pretty smoothly. Kirk and Spock were able to, like, they couldn't even do basic things. Which I think is exactly how right. it would be. If you yeah. you or I to medieval time, you know, we're going to yeah. look like complete fools. I remember there's an, it, there's an episode of Voyager. It's the, it's the episode where they discover Amelia Earhart, right? But the episode begins, they, they find a pickup truck drifting in space. So they beam it aboard, it's in the cargo bay. Tom Paris knows how to use it because he's, a, you know, because there's always that one person in every crew who has some, who has some like fixation with 20th century history, right? Well, Seven could have said she learned how to drive from uh, Tom Paris. Yeah. So, um, it's a 19, it's like a 1930s truck. Tom, and this speaks to my fish out of water comment, and it's a stick shift. Tom like pumps the brake and then he turns it on, turns the truck on, and the truck backfires and all the crew like hit the deck and Tuvok like takes out a phaser because he doesn't even know where, like what it is or where it came from. So like the starting of the truck and then the backfiring of it like startled everybody because it's so out of, and they even comment like, all of they comment like you know what it, the kind of fuel that it's used to run it and somebody's like oh you know polluting their atmosphere or something like that right and Girardi kind of says that when they get back when they get back but it's sort of like that subtle observational commentary observational like observational thinking on the part of like the characters of where they are while being sort of a subtle jab at where we are today and I'm not yeah. seeing a lot of that um, I kind of wish that they would embrace that aspect of it but. Yes. Yeah. It, it, I would have rather have the creators rewatch The Voyage Home, not looking for something to reference, but saying, okay, why? what makes this work? What makes this funny? Let's do that. Right, because I, I, I... One thing I did notice, and I and I commented on, you know, to myself, was how, you know, uh, uh, Rafi's walking around with a tricorder, right? And I thought to myself, now, if that had been any of the other shows, they would have had to conceal that technology because... but from where they are just looks like somebody's holding a smartphone so like there are things which i thought was which i think speaks to what you were saying like it seems like they can embrace that a little bit because it's it looks like they're fitting in to the era because it yeah. just looks like somebody's you know using a phone that's a place for a joke too though to, to you know what kind of phone is that um, yeah exactly yeah right but i got way off track yeah so you wanted me to tell you wanted that was my long answer for what i thought of the punk on bus appearance but 
Yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So in my, I gave also maybe my answer that, yeah, I would have liked to see jokes in the vein of rather than a direct reference like that. And for me, the ref, the thing that reminded me of was the in Rogue One where we see the, the two criminal yes. dudes from the cantina, and the yeah. camera sort of just zooms in on them, and it's just a like, I'm wanted, and all these sisters, whatever was the reference. I was. think it would have been. I kind of feel like I think it would have worked better if like we saw him in the background but nobody but none of the characters called attention to him. Or if he at least had a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Like, is it I mean, have you ever seen anybody even today walk around with a No, not even vintage yeah. people. Right. I don't know. I don't I never see boom boxes. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. I, I get what it, they were going for, but like I, I think for me, I think it would have been funnier if, like, again, we either, like, we saw him in the background or, like, maybe somebody walked by him, but no attention was actually called to him. Yeah. That right? Nice. And you'd be like, oh, I know who that is. That's funny. Yeah. That yeah. would have been nice, but that's all right. Um, so then, well, we do have the, the car chase situation. How do right. you feel about that? It's Star Trek's second car chase. The first mm-hmm. one was in Nemesis. Um I, lo- I mean, I was actually feeling the tension of it because um, you're afraid they're going to get caught mm-hmm. and afraid at the same time you're afraid Seven may crash into something because you don't know that she can drive, um, but she can, mm-hmm. apparently. Driving is not that easy. Um, but, I mean, I wasn't bored with it. I think that they maybe spent a little bit too much time on it. But um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it fine. I wasn't. I didn't think there was anything really wrong with it. Because you know, the whole point was like they need to go steal a police car to get Rios. And mm-hmm. although they, if they had stolen any other car, it would have been a lot better off. That's okay. It right for a good scene. Right. I mean, it, it served as the no pun intended the vehicle to beam them to the location of where Rios was headed. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it was, it was fun. It was definitely fun, but, um, I wanted to get going with the plot. I, I just wanted, to, I wanted to get going. I was not that my patience was getting was wearing out, was wearing thin, but I just wanted to. There was a lot of stuff going on in this episode that I wanted to get more of. There was more. I needed more information on what was going on, and instead, yes. we're, you know, there's a, there's a car chase going on to go get Rios so which is not really relevant to everything else happening which no of course we have to get everyone back together of course and that's how we're doing it right um, and and but so the big reveal that we get is finally Guinan brings Picard to the watcher at least the watchers area yep where it's revealed that there's some conflicts between Guinan and the watcher yep and we see some people with white eyes bring mm-hmm. Picard to the Watcher, and the Watcher is a human Laris. Yep, I think didn't I? A human I looking person. We were saying last week that we thought. I think we were reading. Yeah, we were reading a bunch of um, theories about who the Watcher could be, and I was saying Guinan, which I think everybody else was. Uh, but Laris was on that list that we were uh, that we were looking at. But we don't even know if it is her. Right. Who knows? Maybe the Watcher just. Oh, I'm gonna appear in a in a form that this man will trust because I've looked yeah. at his brain. I don't know. Any number of things could have happened. 
So I, we, I guess I can't really say anything yet because we really don't know what's going on. Right. It's it's difficult because it's it's not something I can really theorize on because Guinan at the time seemed to make the most sense. And of but also a little too obvious. Maybe it's a little too obvious. It's a little if he hadn't seen Guinan in the previous episode or two episodes ago, yeah, then I think. I think it would have been Guinan, but I don't think that it would have been a great reveal where we just already saw her. Right. Right. So now keep in mind, we still have not seen Soji. I don't know if that's intentional or not. Or if there is a Soji to see. Right. Don't know that. Uh, I do know that we see Brent Spiner at some point. Right. We've not seen him. But um, we haven't seen Soji, and Elnor, of course, is dead. So, and I'm hoping that because of that, because I I don't believe that he's like dead. But does right. that mean that he's, he's just for now? But I think if they restore, if they restore the timeline, he will be alive. That's the other thing. That's that's what I'm curious about. I mean, is he is he is he in fact sidelined until? the restoration so like we're not going right. to see him again until the final episode and well, well hold on though that, that's so you bring up an interesting point yeah if the timeline diverges in two days yes and they have to stop the divergence in order to restore time do yeah. you really think they're going to stretch out two days of in universe time to however many episodes are left I hope not or do you think they're going to this is there's going to be more to the story than just returning time. I think there will be. Well, because I I mean I had said I had wondered early on when we began seeing trailers for this if they were going to be in 2024 the entire time. And I still and I still question that actually. Yeah, I'm starting to question it. Are they because I thought to myself, are they going to, say, go to 2024 for a few episodes and then maybe go someplace else? Um, I don't know. Um, but that's a good point. I mean, they're at this at where we stand right now, there are six episodes left. We're approaching the halfway mark. There are six episodes left. Which, three for each day. Three for each day. I mean, I, 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 I hope not. I mean, I, I, I hope not. Because, because to your point, I don't want another whole episode. Uh, like I don't want us to spend another whole episode chasing down Rios. Oh no, no, please, yeah, right. Okay. I want him. I like. I want that storyline resolved, or at least. Yeah, or it's gonna become the <laughs> it's gonna become the book of this series. Right. Like that's that's. I don't want that. But no, no. Yeah, that's got to end. I really... All right, this is always what I want out of Star Trek shows. I want, as you know, I kind of want this to be four episodes... No, wait, wait, we're going to five next week. Okay, five episodes, maybe six, you deal with this timeline thing. Then you got a couple to deal with the fallout or the aftermath or something like that. Right. I really think that I'm learning that I like Trek as shorter bursts of story than... Episodic. 
Yes, and maybe not episodic, but at least, I don't know, arc-like or... See... Because this felt more like... The other episodes had very satisfying beginning, middles, and ends. Right. So they were able to do that that tightrope walk of episodic and season long. This one felt more like, you know, uh, uh, any other show that's season long and they're only giving you drips and drips. I see a lot of chatter online about how what fans want to see, and I am one of them, is to take an approach like season four of Enterprise, where you have three episodes devoted to one story, and then you go on and two in some cases, and then you go on to the next one. It's like you're doing, you know, when they were doing that season, that, by the way, they did they did it that way because the budget was cut. So what that meant was, so they, they were down to like less than a million dollars an episode at that point. This is like $2,005, right? And that's low. So what they were doing was they would do these longer stories but so they could build so in other words like you build a set and you can use it across three episodes right and costumes and all those kind of things. exactly so you're not just getting so you're not wasting money on just one episode you're getting you know that's why they seemed so they they approached it as writing basically a movie every yeah a, a series of movies and so i hope what has happened with star trek is not that well if we do that for the whole season then we save even more money right now Here's the thing. I don't watch a lot. Of, I don't watch a lot. Of, a lot of other shows, a lot of other dramas, or even nope. much for that matter. So I don't. And I and I don't know if that's ever a pre, if that was ever a way of telling a story. If other shows ever did, I don't know if any other shows ever did that approach where they would do like three episode arcs and then at a time, two episode arcs at a time, back you know back to back like that. I don't know. I just thought it was a very interesting way to to do it. And, a very, and it was a very different way of doing it at the time. Yeah, and, I feel like I've seen other shows, but honestly, I can't name a single one. And I would love it. I would love it if they tried that again. I, I agree. I agree. Um, um, well, hopefully. Which isn't to say that I'm getting you know tired. I, I mean, it's been a great season for Picard. Don't get me wrong. Um, but... Again, I don't want to. I don't. I, I like. I, I. I'm. I'm. I don't want another episode of us chasing Rios. All right. We. I, I just. I want that done. Done with this week, okay. so we can. Agreed. We can. So it's almost like you could kind of do that approach of doing three episodes at a thing, but like. You know, in this case, it's like, okay, well, they're going to spend three episodes chasing Rios or two episodes chasing Rios. And then they're going to, you know, spend. So you like, you can sort of like compartmentalize that into the character stories each week. Right. Um, maybe you could do it that way. But um, I get your point. I mean, I, I, I said this way, way back when we were talking, after I think we were talking about um, Discovery. I, I think I, at one point I said, you know, just my a broad comment, I said, when I said I just wish they'd go back to episodic because I don't think Trek has really demonstrated to me that they can do season-long story arcs well. Um, now, this was before Picard, which I think, you know, arguably is doing it the best thus far Very of the current shows. Yes, yes. But, yeah, I, 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 that's why, and that's one of the reasons why I'm very much looking forward to Strange New Worlds because they're going to go back to that format. 
Honestly, I'm more excited about Stranger Worlds now because as much as I like Picard, I, I'm sort of yeah, I'm sort of longing for episodic. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I think it might be a little bit of fatigue as well coming right off of Discovery. For me, it's just fatigue in general. I mean, I, I don't really think it has too much to do with Discovery. I mean, I can criticize Discovery for like dragging it out. I just, just in general, I I'm really I hate. I hate season-long story arcs. I really do. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of them. And I've always said I blame Lost for that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that show ended 12 years ago. Um, I like episodic. I like beginning, middle, and end. I don't think that... Because when you binge something... Or not even binging. If you just, you know, one day you say, hey, I'm going to watch an episode of something. I could I could watch any episode of Deep Space Nine I wanted to at any time. So. The. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One thing I was going to ask you, which I'm totally blanking out on now. I had a really good question I wanted to ask you, and I can't remember what the hell it was. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, nevertheless, I'm I'm excited to see where they're going. I, I enjoyed it. And um, my hope is that, that we do get some very good information this coming week on where they're going to go with it. Um, I'm very... Oh, I know what it was. So at the very end of the episode, we see Q in some very weird state. And, you know, he's looking at somebody reading a book, snaps his fingers and says, well, that's unexpected. So it's sort of feeding back into there seems to be something wrong with Q. Now, when I watched this scene, I began to ask myself, is it? I went back to the initial conversation with Picard and Q where, Picard, where Q says to him, you insist on changing in every way except the one that matters. But, you know, the show seems to be telling us that something's up with Q. Mm -hmm. And I had this very wild idea where I was asking myself, is there really something wrong with Picard that Q's impatient with? Or is there something wrong with Q in that he's going to deceive Picard into doing something that's going to fix him? Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Because this is the first time we've really seen Q have an issue like this. Right? Right, except when he had his powers removed. Yeah, right. And even then, like, he was being very comical about it, right? This is still, this is the old, de this is the old devious Q. Right, he's concerned at whatever's happening to him. And I began to wonder, like, you know... By having Picard fix something, is that going to fix Q too? Is Q going to, it, like, in other words, is it a, just a test from Q or is this going to do something for him as well? Because I, I don't think that Q's bored or anything like that. I no, think there's something up with him. Do they die? Do, the Q, do Q's die? Um, yeah. Not, no, not as far as we know. Um, there's a Voyager episode where one does die, but his powers are taken away, so he becomes human. So then he does oh. die. So, yeah. Is that Colton Burnson? No. No, no, that's Voyager. No. 
No. So it's actually the only Q episode that doesn't have Q in the title. Well, now except for these. <laughs> mm. Yeah. The the gist of it is like there's a, another Q shows up on Voyager and starts causing all this trouble. And he's a Q who wants to commit suicide. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And John Delancey Q is like gets involved and they have this whole like trial a hearing I should say um, oh, yes. to decide this it's a, it's, a, it's a very fascinating episode I mean it's a fascinating way of looking at the Q continuum other than just having Q come and you know just raise all this hell right mm -hmm. so um, I don't know I mean do you, what were your thoughts on the way the episode wrapped up um, I, I liked it because it it gave us a little tease of what's to come. Right. So it left us intrigued for more. Right. Um, I mean, I guess in both ways it did, by the, the humanoid Laris or the humanish Laris. Right. And with the Q scene. Yep. They both planted a seed of curiosity, which kudos. He's also wearing a Europa, what seems to be like a, Europa, a mission Europa lab coat. And this Mission Europa thing is showing up more and more in the right, show. And the newspaper also. So newspaper. That has yep. something to do with. It was on. It was on the bus. Um, we saw it yeah. on the side of the building. Yes, and it seems to be some sort of Earth United Earth Space Exploration Program. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I don't know if that is just a plant, if they're just doing that for fun, or if it actually does mean something. So, but I don't really have any theories on that. I just, the only Europa I can think of is I remember like in the first episode of Discovery at the Battle of the Binary Stars, the USS Europa was destroyed. But Europa a is a moon. Uh, Europa is a moon. Jupiter? I think it's Jupiter, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. Um, but certainly you would think that uh, a world united space mission seems like a logical first step toward the federation so by hijacking yeah. that in some way or making something go awry i could see that being an important step toward turning that timeline into the confederation well so, and also like you know star trek's star trek's past the 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 earth history of star trek's past and our future um have all of these fictionalized space missions right um, so Europa could just be one of those. I, I, again, I'm very curious to see if that even, how much of a role that even plays. Um, at this point, yes. I don't really see the connection other than it just being a name that's appearing from time to time. Well, I think, I, I think I just explained a possible definite connection that could yeah. be, it's just, it's a step that could be, uh, you could tamper with, and it seems like it's coming up, it's in the newspaper, so it might be even just only two days away. You know what? You're making me think of something here. That mission, whatever that mission is, mm. could be the thing that happens on the 15th. Is that actually the, the thing? Yeah. That happens. Because yeah. what I'm remembering is at the end of First Contact, when the Vulcans landed and made First Contact with humans the 
on the flip side of that, in the mirror universe, in the Enterprise mirror universe, the Vulcans landed, but instead of making a peaceful first contact, the humans shot them. Yeah. And then that kind of gave birth to the mirror universe and everything. You know, because we're now in a parallel universe, are we, are, you know, potentially heading toward a parallel universe? Are we dealing with something in a very similar way, right? Is this... Right. Maybe they encounter some alien... Yeah. ...species and could um, deem it a threat and attack it, and then that's that's off of yeah. alien lust. And, and don't, you know, and also don't downplay the, the sort of the the butterfly imagery, right? We were talking about this, I think last week about the butterfly effect oh, yeah. where like that single change has all of these ripple effects. So mm -hmm. is it some kind of interference with this uh, Europa mission? Now, I don't have the Europa mission stuff in front of me. I don't know if any of the signage that we've seen states an actual date, mm -hmm. but I mean, I think it's got to be in sense that we know that the few, that the human empire is a human empire and they are xenophobic against, you know, aliens. Yeah. Got to be something planted here of that starting that down that road. Right. But once again, what does it have to do with Picard? What does it have to do with Picard's decisions? And how does it, what does it have to do with Picard not changing? I still don't see that connection yet. Here's the other thing. Talking with you this way is giving me more theories. <laughs> um, Picard stated in at one point that he was the first Picard in his family to leave the solar system. Okay. Which implies to me that past Picards have actually visited the solar system. Is it possible we're dealing with a Picard ancestor here making a historical... Is there a Picard attached to the Europa mission? Is there a Picard descendant attached to the solar system? Yeah. I still don't see how what has, any of it has to do with Picard's decisions. Even if it's an ancestor, I don't think Q would hold. Because Picard. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, you know, because the Picard of the uh, Confederation is clearly, you know, well, we don't know actually. I mean, he's. I know we. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's all intriguing and interesting. And I'm just. I'm seeing things there, and yeah, I don't know. I just that when you was talking, like that line came to me, mm. that he was the first Picard to ever leave his solar, to ever leave the solar system. Yeah. So I'm actually going to go on record right now, at this point, and say, I think we might be dealing with something in Picard's ancestry. Okay, and I'm going to go on record and say, you have no idea. But we have definitely something is going to trigger the human xenophobia on this mission and Q is going to be responsible for it if he can fix his finger snapping abilities yes he seems like he can only make people laugh or something like that a mariachi band yeah. will there appear space. you know on that newspaper he was reading there was a deep space 9 past tense reference on there really yeah so I caught it on the second go around 
when um when they travel back to 2024 dax doesn't get thrown into the sanctuary district but she gets um helped by this man named chris brenner oh yes i remember the wealthy the wealthy man his name he ran that whole tech conglomerate brenner information systems channel 90 the net he his name was on the cover that on that newspaper and it said that there was a his company was trying to unionize and he was very much against it what a jerk (laughs) or his ancestors no that would be him no that would be that that would be that same guy yeah what a jerk you know he so cares about people but he's not gonna let his uh workers unionize come on man all right. Well, let's wrap it up for the week. We've got six episodes more to go, and I think we're at a very good point. Can't wait to see what they do next week. So, me too. I think I'm, I'm my my intrigue is peaked. Indeed. Please reach out to us if you would like to on Instagram at in Star Trek We Trust Podcast, and you can follow us on Twitter at Star Trek We Trust. So with that, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in and all that hubbub. Later. Peace out.